Hello, hello, and welcome to Unverified, the podcast redefining success on social media. And I hear you, that's a really bold claim. So who the hell am I? Hey, my name is Corley Trigger, and I'm an Emmy-winning digital creator, social media coach, and self-appointed social media mythbuster. Over the last nearly 15 years, I've worked with creatives and creative entrepreneurs all over the map, from zero to millions of followers, and here's what I've learned. For brands and businesses, social media platforms are just tools, like silverware, for example. It doesn't really matter how large or fancy or expensive your collection of antique spoons are if you're trying to eat a salad, you know? You just need a fork. And that's nothing against antique spoon collections. I guess if you have the time and passion for it, that's great. They're just not gonna be super helpful when it comes to eating your salad. Chasing vanity metrics like going viral, amassing huge amounts of followers, and getting verified aren't the things that bring lasting success. Don't get me wrong, they're super fun, it's a great little dopamine hit, but it's the people who set meaningful goals beyond numbers who really thrive and build long-term success. This show is for small business owners and creative side hustlers like you who are the face of their own business and learning how to DIY their own social media. I'm interested in building strategies and content plans that suit not only your business, but your life, and even more specifically, this season of your life, because the best plan is the one you're actually going to implement because you feel good doing it and it brings in real offline results. If you've been burned by hustle culture before, I promise this is the opposite of that. My guest today is Daniel Reese. He is a licensed speech language pathologist and assistant director of clinical research at the Arthur Blank Center for Stuttering, Education, and Research at the University of Texas. He also has the title of the longest title of anyone I've ever had on the pod. He's a dear friend of mine from high school. I'm so excited he's here. Today, we're talking all things voice and self-compassion and how that can support your content creation journey. Please enjoy my conversation with Daniel Reese. Tell me a little bit about how you teach people how to disclose, because when we were talking about that earlier, I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. So first, I'll share that. Hi, my name is Daniel. Uh, I'm a person who stutters, and so you might hear me block or repeat on some sounds every now and then. Um, So if you don't understand something I say, feel free to tell me. I'd be happy to (laughs) to share again. Mm -hmm. But we often find that when you disclose, especially at the top, the beginning of an interaction, that is a weight off your shoulders. And we've seen through our research that actually the listener views you as a more effective communicator. Mm. There's all these measures that we, we ran in this research paradigm that we had people fill out a survey and they watched a video of somebody disclosing before a, a speech. And they said, you know, exactly that. Say, hey, everybody, my name's Daniel. I stutter. And I'm going to tell you about uh, everything I know about lizards or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh (laughs) And then the other paradigm, they watched a video, didn't disclose. They just talked about lizards the whole time. Mm. And then not really lizards. But anyways, (laughs) it was like a college student there sharing about something more, you know, (laughs) engaging. Uh Not that lizards are not engaging. (laughs) Actually, I had a... This is besides the point, but <laughs> I had a middle school student share everything they knew about lizards recently, yeah. and uh, it's it's pretty interesting. But um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> the The research showed that when people were filling out the survey, they rated the person who self disclosed at the beginning of an interaction non apologetically mm-hmm. as being more confident, more likable, more intelligent. It was incredible because. Mm-hmm. Just because they said, hey, 
I stutter. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. They didn't apologize for it, and they didn't seem flustered by it. It was unemotional. It was just informative. Mm-hmm. And we find that as a person who stutters, if you do that, it makes everything better. It makes you a more effective communicator. I love that because I see this in in the social world when it's not just about stuttering. It's about any kind of anything because, like you're saying, in real life, there is that there's the trust that's built when those mm-hmm. kinds of things are shared uh, from the top. Yeah, and I think you know, in the stuttering sphere, we talk about self disclosure as an important tool, especially one that is unapologetic and informative. And I think just that is important to carry through everything because mm-hmm. if you are interacting with somebody who's, you know, they say something and then they're second guessing themselves or they're apologetic, you, you might not trust them. You might not really be engaged and it kind of pulls you out uh, as a speaker and a listener that if you're present and if you uh, are recording something on, on your socials and you, you say something and if you just keep going, and you don't have an, uh, an emotional reaction to it, mm-hmm. then I think it's still an effective exchange. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes people just get in their own way and then that pulls you out of the moment. Yeah. Something I'm thinking about as you're talking about disclosing is the the ease in which people can edit out their stuttering and edit out anything that they're uncomfortable with or use voice tuning. Um, there are so many ways to to edit how we look and and how we sound. And and those things are great and they serve a purpose. And once you start doing live streams, which is I think important for I I can't think of somebody who that's not important for <laughs> in terms of like, you know, your own social strategy that uh, you're going to sound really different. So if you don't mm-hmm. take that care to be as authentic as you can with your pre-recorded content, your live content is going to be really jarring. And on the flip side, when you show up on live and you're and it's the same energy and style as your recorded stuff, it's so refreshing and that trust is so much greater. So I think it's it's important on both both kinds of content too. I'm glad you bring that up because when I so I used to have my own private practice mm-hmm. and when I was building that was recording a lot of videos to get the word out mm-hmm. and Sometimes I would just record and record and record and take a hundred takes. Yep. And by that 100th one, <laughs> you are just drained and you can see it in your eyes. <laughs> you're you're going to hear it in your voice. You're just like, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm laughing because I've been there. Like yeah. it's it's so it's so easy to do. It's not like you're gonna run out of film or like run uh-huh. out of space. Like you just keep shooting, and it's uh-huh. and it does it. It's um, it's kind of demoralizing. It's not a it's not a fun place to be. Uh, but when you can allow yourself to sit in that presence and that just like hey, like I'm gonna pretend like I'm FaceTiming a friend and yeah. whatever it sounds like is what it's going to sound like. There is, there's so much freedom that comes with that. A hundred percent. I think just that feeling of like, this is the take, and, <laughs> you know, like and, it is good enough. Right. And just, and also just believing that your words have value hmm. and like, and you have value and mm-hmm. you're right there in the moment and there's mm-hmm. no future. There's no past. There's just, you're right there. Mm-hmm. present yeah and you like turn off your notifications for your uh, internet comments while you're recording 
hundred percent. Yeah, I'll get in the zone. <laughs> I work a lot with creatives and creative entrepreneurs who are so excited about what they do offline in the real world, but they're creating content for the first time and they are scared and nervous. A lot of times they don't want to hear themselves. There's so much resistance. Why is it that so many people don't like the sound of their own voice? Oh my gosh. So I hear this often and I think it's just a new thing that people aren't used to hearing that because when we're talking like, you know, back and forth, normally you hear yourself in your ears, something that you encouraged me to do. Uh, and I, 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 I know is, is an effective strategy for, for socials is to just do more of it and to mm. record yourself more, make more videos, record and just keep making and creating. And I think that that really, at the end of the day, is going to be the best way to help that feeling. Is It's 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 funny because, uh, so I'm, I'm a, a therapist, like you mentioned, a, a speech therapist, but we draw a lot from therapy therapy, like psychology worlds, and encouraging people to do the uncomfortable thing. And if something scares you, talk about it. Why, why does that scare you? What's the worst that'll happen? Uh, you know, you record yourself, uh, you feel a little bit funny about it, maybe do that more, lean in. Oftentimes it's difficult because it's new and the more you do it, the easier it gets. Oftentimes also when I'm working with folks who stutter, a common thing we talk about is desensitization. And how do you desensitize yourself to your own stutter? Because you don't know when that's going to come up. You don't know when you're going to have a block or a repetition in your speech, mm -hmm. but you can control your reaction to that um, and you can desensitize your reaction to that. And so you keep going. Okay. So wait, so walk me through this because I, I just stopped talking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. when, I, when I can't think of something. But there are like filler words or people like clench up or their voice goes up. When you say keep doing it and doing it again, what is that actually like sound like in your internal monologue? How do you get yourself to do that and to work through it? Yeah. And I think that's why I love stuttering and stuttering therapy is because there's so many overlaps to this like everyday life. Yeah. Because the definition of stuttering is an interruption in the forward flow of speech. Okay. That's the technical definition of it. Mm -hmm. But I think that oftentimes people will stop themselves before they you know, like, like the, yeah, the a reaction to a lots of things is just to stop. Mm -hmm. But what that looks like in stuttering therapy is just to talk about what are your values and mm -hmm. how do you go in the direction of your values? Mm -hmm. How do you not avoid situations because you might stutter or you might be worried about an outcome, you know, but at the end of the day, what are your values? What do you want? Mm -hmm. And how can you go in the direction of those goals? There are so many parallels to social. I love this so much. First of all, I love, well, three things. One, <laughs> I I love it when my own anecdotal experience and advice is backed by science and like people who, are, <laughs> people who are actually trained. So to hear you say like, yeah, just practice. It's like, yeah, this is what I've been saying. <laughs> um, and then the second thing, the idea of like when we, when we approach something that's difficult that we just stop and then that's something that's reflected in language. It was like, oh, where else do I do that in life? Like, let me just put that on a sticky note. Think about that later. Um, and then the the third was I don't remember what was I don't remember what the third thing was. 
you made me think about so in in my role as a speech therapist and 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 working at the blank center we're 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 thinking about what makes an effective communicator mm. and we provide stuttering therapy but largely we're just talking about how do you become an effective communicator how do you become the most effective communicator mm. and we know that it is by you know having a well organized uh, speech by using up an appropriate volume by having an interesting tone to your voice have it have it be changing and not just like robotic <laughs> and you might be totally fluent but you're going to bore your audience to death right um, so there's all these components that make an effective communicator and what oftentimes makes people less effective is that they get in their own way. They might get in their head and they say, and they are thinking about like, oh, I, I don't want to say that. I want to change it. And so they kind of, it's called talking in mazes. They might Ooh. change what they are saying and they kind of, it's like the game of snake and they're just kind of moving around and it's like, you can't follow <laughs> what they're talking about Yes, because they're constantly trying to change it or avoid a word because they may stutter on it, or they might j just be avoiding something. Right. And they're in their head, they're not present, and it's not mm -hmm. genuine, and it's not effective because it's not real. It's kind of hard to listen to. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm only laughing because I identify with that so much. When I upload the footage to edit, I get a, a transcript of every word. And let me tell you, the, the number of sentences that I start and do not finish during these recordings, it's like most of them, most everything that I'm saying, I have to like, I cut out, I start saying something. I'm probably doing it now, not even realizing it, but I start <laughs> and, then, and then and then I start again and then I try to go in a different direction. But I think it's, it's a few things for, for me. It's I'm thinking about how I'm trying to communicate to the person. I'm like producing myself as like a producer in the moment. I'm also thinking in terms of what it's going to be like as a post producer because I'm, you know, I have an engineer friend that, that helps me, but I do the creative cut. And so I'm thinking, okay, how does this make sense afterwards? But I, but your, to your point about just being present, that's like, okay, how do I detach from that, from post-producer Coralie, from producer Coralie, from even from like talent Coralie to just like, hey, just like consultant coach, like, hey, this is, you're doing your like actual job and just communicating with this one person. And like, that's going to be a problem for producer Coralie later. <laughs> she can deal with that after the fact. Um, but it is really, it is, it's challenging to stay present. How do you teach people how to do that? Yes. Well, I mean, a hundred percent agree because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. I think first I just want to honor that because especially when you're being recorded. Such a therapist. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can't turn that off. I can't turn that off. But I do want to honor it because mm -hmm. I'll also add that, you know, a big part of our speech therapy is self-compassion. Because the old model of speech therapy used to be very much based in strategies and like repetition and for stuttering, stopping the stuttering moment. Mm. And that does not work. Uh, okay. It's so much easier to just be present. Effective communication comes from that. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly self-monitoring, you're going to be in your head yeah. and you're not going to be connecting with your lovely communication partner. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love, <laughs> I love that it's a communication partner. How I know. <laughs> when we talk about it as with, with kids and adults and you're like, now turn to your communication partner. <laughs> Howdy y'all. 
We are in Texas. <laughs> so when when you say that the therapies used to be about stopping stuttering, what is it now? So now we treat it from an acceptance model and also at the Blank Center from the care model. It's how do we become an effective communicator? What components are in there? How do we train folks to be an effective advocate? Mm-hmm. How to be resilient? Mm-hmm. And how to grow in your education? The C, the A, R, and E. Those are all pieces that make somebody an effective communicator, but also be able to just be able to dream, speak, and live. Mm-hmm. And at the core of that message is you're setting some values, you're setting some intentions for your life, and you're, you're dreaming these dreams. You want to be able to speak that and to be able to go into situations, do a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, make some content for your for your page so that you can live a meaningful life that's like full of connections and, and, and joy. Today's episode is brought to you from The Russell, a historic East Nashville church transformed into a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program by donating a portion of each stay to local nonprofits who are helping those experiencing homelessness. Visit RussellNashville.com to book your experience today. I told a few clients that we were going to be having this conversation today and people were very excited and I got a few questions submitted. So this is from a friend who I think would prefer to stay anonymous, but she says, I use a lot of filler words like, um, uh, when I'm nervous or on the spot or speaking in front of people or anytime I get near the record button, I hate it and I want to work on it, but I don't know how to work on it. What would you say to her? I love this question because Mm. it goes right back to just being present. Mm. I think that it's okay to pause. Mm. I was in a coffee shop and I overheard someone's conversation talking about the power of the pause. Uh And I was like, I need to talk to you because we're (laughs) on similar wavelengths. And like, Mm. there's so much benefit to just taking a two second beat. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask what their, uh, what their gender is? A woman. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Just as an aside for context, something that I've heard women talk about in using the, the filler words is that if they don't use the filler words, then they get interrupted. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Just like as a reason that that we're can, that's like no no don't like interrupt me like I'm still uh, I'm still thinking this is that and that kind of there was mm-hmm. something there. <laughs> yeah yeah you're like reclaiming my time. Uh, <laughs> I was still talking. <laughs> yes yes Katie Porter our girl Katie Porter, Porter. reclaiming my time. Well that's interesting that you cued into that because mm-hmm. it is hard when people interrupt you mm-hmm. and it makes you want to talk faster and you kind of get into this, I call it a trap, because it's the feeling of needing to speed up so you get everything out before you're interrupted. Mm-hmm. And that kind of pulls you out of the moment. I think that is stressful, especially in a high pressure situation. Say you're like a, I don't know, even like for like lawyers or for people who are giving these exchanges, you, you need to be calm and present and dialed. Mm-hmm. And if you get into that reactionary thing where you're trying to fill up the silences, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
I think two things. One, I, I want to talk about how to be a better listener so we don't accidentally put people in that situation. And then second, I wanted to go back to the power of the pause because when we're recording on our own content, the only people who are interrupting us are ourselves. So we can lean into that in social if it's done in an effective way and it's not like you start recording in the first five seconds of your video is a pause like then please for the love of god cut that out or else people are gonna scroll but once you're into it i think it's fine um so i didn't mean to cut you off earlier i do want to hear about the um the, your thoughts about pausing well i think pausing is important and i think pauses are powerful i think that when you feel the need to just fill that silence try pausing instead Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that um, now that I just caught myself saying, um, <laughs> you, sometimes you it's really easy to have that pull you out of the moment, especially if you're trying to reduce it, because every time that comes up, you're going to have a reaction to it mm -hmm. and it's and it's going to be to pull you out. So how to work on it would be just as you feel the word coming up and out, you just it's just like you stop yourself from those. And just well, so you might almost think of it as being mindful of it, noticing hmm. that that's a gentler way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you say, Stop it! <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's okay to, as you're talking, if you notice some ums or fillers, just to notice you're like, Oh, yeah, I'm saying um a lot. I mm. wonder, you know, that's 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 a, that's a thought, and then keep going. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe pause for a moment, but but keep keep going and keep talking. Mm -hmm. Just just notice and simply notice that that's happening, and then if you have time, reflect on what's coming up for you. Do you feel the need to fill that space because you're afraid of being interrupted? Do you feel you need to fill that space because I don't know? You are 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 you uncomfortable in any way? And if so, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is this is the most gentle approach, and I really appreciate it. And this is like not how my self talk goes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> great. What's like? What do I need to do? Like, so if I were to, okay, so let's say clients doing live stream. Oftentimes, I will write out or suggest they write out different like sticky notes to put up mm. on their laptop. So uh, some things we talk about during live streams is people are coming in and out at all times. So we are introducing ourselves on a regular basis. And when we see a spike of people coming in, we thank them for joining. We give them context as to what's going on. And then we return to whatever our topic is or whoever we're speaking with, that kind of thing. What would be a sticky note that I could write that's going to be a nice reminder of, like, as I naturally come up with some of these filler words are just kind of coming out of my mouth. I'm seeing a ton of comments come up. I'm seeing people leave and join the room. I'm seeing questions that I want to answer. I'm seeing people that I want to block, right? I'm being my own mm. moderator for these things. What can I put on a sticky note that is gentle but will just be a visual that's there that that will help me keep going through some of these filler words and get through the live i think that depends on who you are but i think mm -hmm. the the, per the point is why what's your why why are you there what are you trying to communicate mm. like you're doing all that work for some reason yeah and so what's the what do you hope everyone gets out of that okay Okay, I'll bite. Let's that, do this. That recenters you uh -huh. into why you're there, and right. so like I tell folks, like before you go and give a huge speech, 
Mm-hmm. Don't think about like, all right, I got to start in this way. I got to use, you know, uh, all, all these things don't have a list of a hundred things to self monitor. Mm-hmm. Instead, just remember why you're there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me think about this. So if I'm doing a live stream, it's going to be something to do with the unverified brand or social media. It's going to be a lot about how people can define success for themselves in this space and how we can efficiently and in a kind way create content that helps us in our real lives and our real businesses. So for me, the energy is oftentimes excitement. There's some compassion. I mean, anything that can be triggered will be triggered by social media. Like I am, I am not a therapist, but I've heard everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) from everybody. It doesn't matter how many followers they have. So that would be something that I would lean into, but I tend to I have this pattern. I, I speak really fast and then stop for a while and then like let my brain like catch up, I think. And then also I tend to go really high if I get excited, um, which like whenever I'm doing audio tests for things, my engineer's like, okay, talk. Okay, great. Now get excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I don't like, you know, blow out any microphones. Well, I think that's good, though, because that, like, is is engaging. It's interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to listen to somebody who never gets excited. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I tell that to some of my undergraduate students because sometimes when they're they're delivering therapy or they're in class, Mm -hmm. they have just the flattest affect. Oh. Like, they're just faces expressionless. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, everybody. Or even if that, they're like they're, they will say nothing, but they're just like, or <laughs> camera off. <laughs> yeah. Do they, is it because of nerves or do, do you think that's like, it feels professional or why do, why would somebody slip into a more boring way of speaking than they normally do? Well, two reasons. And I think that a big one is that a lot of people haven't been engaging and connecting, you know, throughout the pandemic, maybe. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if, if people have had, I don't have any research to back this up, but, okay. <laughs> anecdotal, uh, that's okay. <laughs> anecdotal evidence is, uh-huh. I'm, I'm noticing that some undergraduate students are having a harder time connecting, uh, making eye contact, being okay with being on camera and being excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sense there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pressure to perform. And so sometimes it's easier just to be camera off. Yeah. And I get that. And, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, it's, it is hard. Um, and it's funny because every semester we'll bring in an improv instructor. Mm-hmm. And it, it's for our participants who, are, yeah. who stutter, but it's also for the, the students. Mm-hmm. And the point is that it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be silly. Be present. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is sometimes the kids like have zero hesitation, zero problem saying the silly thing, saying what the first thing that comes to, to their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the students that have a much harder time letting themselves be silly. They might have a roommate in the other room or or they're kind of self-monitoring. They're like, no, I can't be that yeah. engaged or I can't really let myself go there. And when you say students, you're talking about undergraduates who are studying speech pathology, and they're working with grade school? 
so yes, they are undergraduates or graduate students, and okay. they're working with every age, actually, preschool, oh, okay. school age, middle, high school, and adults. Okay. <clears throat> I heard you clear your throat. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just this. I don't know what it is. I think I've done it forever. Yeah. I don't know how to not do it when it's like particularly bad and it's like a loud noise and it kind of like twinges like, oh, Daniel said to drink water. Like, oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't do it. So, you know, we talk a lot about self-compassion, but yeah, I think um, it's important to be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things is you can be kind to your voice. You know, you want to be drinking water. Yeah. Let's talk about self-care for, for a voice. What does that actually look like? Well, a lot of it is staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is caring for your voice when you're sick. I think sometimes when you have a cough or a lingering cough, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to just continue that throat clear or that, that cough. And yeah. sometimes that's pretty aggressive on your vocal cords. Mm-hmm. And so being gentle with it mm-hmm. is the you want to be kind to your vocal cords. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we only got two. Mm. But I, I think a big part of it is just, just being, being gentle. I think that when you say you have that feeling of needing to clear your throat, instead, try just swallowing or swallowing some water. You oftentimes don't actually need to clear anything off of your vocal cords. It's just that sensation there. Interesting. Okay. I will be more mindful. Mindfulness. <laughs> we love it. We love it. It's funny, I always thought mindfulness was kind of hokey. It turns out there's a lot of research behind it. It's actually good for us. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It's funny because, yeah, when you get in your own head about not liking something or trying to change something, uh, oftentimes just noticing or being mindful of it is the most helpful thing. It's kind of frustrating to hear that sometimes because you're like no i just want a solution i want to right where is what's the prescription what's the exercise what's the yeah i think what you're sharing about improv too is really important there is as much as i completely detested improv friends doing bits at parties in la (laughs) and it's like ruined it for me i think improv as as an exercise to to be present and confident and like just learn how to trust your in your ability to respond to situations is is really great. I think everyone should take an improv class. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. At the Blank Center, we talk about it a lot because one of the skills that you you need as an effective communicator is connection. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like you're responding to your environment, what somebody said before and adding to that. And you can't do that if you're in your head. Yeah. And that's really and that's half of social media strategy. That's half the word, right? Or half the thing. It's half of it Mm -hmm. is social. (laughs) It is about going back and forth with people. Hey there, quick interruption. If this conversation is your vibe and you're interested in connecting with fellow creative entrepreneurs who are on this wavelength, check out the Unverified Club. It's for people like you who are doing fun and meaningful work in the real world and want to use social media to increase their impact. I hear you on mindfulness. I hear you on compassion. I understand. I do. I'm rolling my eyes just because I know I need to do it and it will be helpful. For people who are not quite at that point, 
where they're ready to say, okay, fine, I'm ready to embrace mindfulness and compassion. There's some real serious like disconnect between them and their voice or how the world perceives them through that. Mm. Is there something besides just mindfulness? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking of uh, uh, of the trans population and and friends who just don't identify with their voice mm-hmm. and there's a real disconnect. There's that dysphoria there. So I would encourage them to find a speech therapist or a vocal coach or, you know, some someone who's trained mm-hmm. to help them with finding that inner voice mm-hmm. and finding one that connects with 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 what they identify with because that can be really hard so there are you know specific strategies they thinking about your vocabulary thinking about your vocal pitch you can you can modify some of these these things with speech therapy mm-hmm. um but it takes a licensed uh, uh professional because it's that dance of how do you modify but stay present at the same time mm-hmm. and it's, it's, a, it's a huge ask and it takes a lot of practice and a lot of self-compassion and mindfulness. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I get it. <laughs> you know, but it, it brings me back to um, school. When I was in grad school. We were learning how to give gender affirming care to trans folks. And I had a woman who we shared a video of them giving a speech and it was so jarring for her. And I felt so silly because I... I didn't realize that there was a, a such a, a huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were going to look at it for vocabulary and for organization for her presentation, but she was just like, I, "You got to turn that off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to look at that." Um, mm-hmm. And so it it took ongoing weekly sessions to really to to practice some of the things that we were working on, but also just continue doing it more. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the lesson is like, it was uncomfortable at first, mm-hmm. but we talked about why, why she was there and with gender affirming care, with, with stuttering therapy, you know, with recording yourself just in any capacity, I think that there is a desensitization component there and leaning in, doing the uncomfortable thing with an intention, a clear intention is the right path. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I wanted to mention was as an instructor, I ask some of my students to do something that I learned from a class here at UT, actually. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bob Duke in the School of Music taught this class about how to be a better instructor and like how people learn. Mm-hmm. And he had us all record sessions, whether they were speech therapy, whether they were music instructing sessions or whatever. But he had us watch a video of ourselves teaching. Mm, what was that like? It was tough. <laughs> yeah. But we did it every week and we had a class there to help us review. Mm-hmm. But we would code the like typically an hour long session for how much of the time we were talking and how much of the time our listener was listening or practicing music or doing whatever uh-huh. with the intention that a lot of his research was focused on the way to become an effective instructor is that you are actually doing less instructing and talking less. You want the, the listener, the learner, the person who's practicing that music to be doing much more. Interesting. To create that longer lasting memory yeah, uh, and, and skill. But the, the practice that 
I took away from that was uh, was 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 that, but also that just the, the habit of recording and watching yourself with a group mm-hmm. got so much easier because yeah. you're. If, if you're doing it together, it's so much easier to be like, oh, well, you did great over there. Like, I, you know, you, you've got compassion for others. It's a little bit easier to have compassion for others than yourself sometimes. Yeah. And so if you're in a group setting, it's much easier uh, to, to keep that habit. But yeah. I think it was an important skill to just do it more. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm going to do that in the Unverified Club. I'm teaching every week on Zoom and I record everything and it's in a private podcast for people to listen to. But I bet there's like some AI tools or I wonder if I could even do it in Descript that's like, hey, code all of my stuff yellow, all the other stuff blue, and just look at some of those breakdowns. Yeah, that's a really cool way of using AI. Mm -hmm. I like that. I love it as like analysis. Anything that I can pass off to AI, I will. (laughs) But I think I think that's important because it could be nice to automate that because when you're combing through a video, sometimes you're watching it for a long time and it yep. takes forever. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to keep that self-compassion muscle going that long. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so I think it's it's, it, it, it's very important for you to um to be mindful of our own uh, like battery life Mm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. I know that I can edit myself for about four hours and then Mm. I'm out. I can't, I have to pass it off or I have to like 24 hour break. I can't even hop to another episode. If I'm going to work on an episode, I know that I have that one afternoon and then I can't, and then I'm done. Someone, someone else has to edit for me. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. And and it's so real. It's so real. And I've been doing stuff on camera for a while. Like the, the first time that I started to get used to doing stuff on camera and editing my own stuff was maybe, maybe in college. And it's still hard for me. And this is, I don't know, more than ten years later. <laughs> I've started fifteen. I don't know uh, that I was doing this stuff. But yeah. I, but having being able to be present, I, I like the lesson of disclosing and being authentic and leaning into the why of why you're why you're creating things because it's not to be mean to yourself and it's not to be perfect and it's not to obsess over you know different words or anything. It's just to communicate. Yeah, totally. And I think that people listening are definitely hungry for that information of just like the. Mm-hmm of the why, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we can just get in our own ways trying to figure out the best way to communicate that, which is natural. But yeah, I think I just trust yourself that you've done the work and you know how to put yourself out there. I like what you said about people being hungry for this information and, and the why, because it is, especially with all the AI advancements that we're talking about, people aren't going to follow you on social because of the information that you share because chat GPT or Google, like whatever, that information can be provided from anywhere. Um, they're following you for the lens through which you share that information. And the why is a huge part of that. So getting in the habit of, of sharing why you do the thing is going to be how your content stays relatable and how you can continue to grow in a time when we're like kind of past the information age. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be our 
our superpower against the computers. <laughs> yes, it's the human element. <laughs> well, before we go, I want to be sure to touch on what y'all are doing over at the Blank Center if people want to get involved or are looking for support, what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate that shout out. And check us out online at blankcenterforstuttering.org or on our Instagram, Blank Center Stuttering. And there's some links there so you can uh, fill out a request to be a volunteer. We, we're hungry for volunteers. We've got camps literally all over the world. We host some summer camps called Dream Speak Live. And it's really important to have volunteers who are excited and uh, want to be there. And you can also fill out a, a request online. If, if you yourself are a person who stutters or you have a child that stutters, and are looking for some support. Daniel Reese, thank you so much. Thank you, Coralie. If you'd like to learn more about the incredible work Daniel and his colleagues are doing at the Arthur Blank Center for Stuttering Education and Research at the University of Texas, check out the links in this episode description. And if this whole unverified thing, this gentle approach to social media is your vibe, I encourage you to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it with your friends. If you're a creative entrepreneur interested in stepping up your social media game to increase your impact, but not your stress, head on over to unverifiedpod.com to book a call. Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative and edited by Matt Fields with special thanks to Shannon Marie. Thanks for listening.